Hello everyone, welcome to He's a Keeper. I'm your host, Dracula Dude. And I'm your other host, uh, Jaden Cron. <laughs> Sorry, got, so I'm a bit of a, a little... bit of a Blink-182 moment. Uh, what's my name lawsuit. again? What's my age again? Anyways. So this is, we're talking about the movie Phone Booth. Phone. From 2002. Booth, it's two words. It's another another Joel Schumacher Mm-mm. classic. Mm. Our boy Joel uh, added it again. Um, got Colin Farrell in this one. We got Forrest Whitaker in this one, and you know we got Keeper in this one. Yep. So this is a movie uh, that takes place. Get this in a phone booth. Um, Colin Farrell is. He's this guy. He's like a pub. He's a publicist. He's in New York. He's really skeezy. He's mm-hmm. like almost cheating on his wife. Uh, he he has yeah. an intern that he doesn't pay, and he gets him to do all his work. He lies to everyone. He kind of walks around for several hours at a time, just calling people on cell phones. Uh, kind of reminiscent of uh, Spider-Man Three, but without the hip thrusting or the music. He just kind of walks around and is like, you know, pointing at people. He's looking slick and he's got his cell phones out like, hey, I need you to call Polly P, Polly P. Uh, you know, give me the Hambone sisters on the line. All right, all right. Now call uh, What's Up Today magazine. Okay, now call uh, Jonathan. I need you to let him know I'm going to be late for our meeting. Like, it's just, he's doing all this stuff. And then. Uh, he's going to go, he decides, all right, it's that time of day, better walk into the phone booth to, uh, call the woman I'm planning on cheating on my wife with. Yep. Um, and so he calls her and, you know, he's like, oh, oh, wanna, wanna go over to the hotel? And she's like, no, I got stuff to do. And he's like, ah, oh, well, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, but then he gets, uh. Then he gets a call from mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland, and he, uh, he, he thinks it's just some weird prank call, but nope, Kiefer's got a gun, and so basically the whole movie he's he's trapped in the phone booth mm. with Kiefer Sutherland on the other line, uh, and he's got uh, like a sniper rifle pointed at him, mm-hmm. and Kiefer is his character is like this guy who. He's basically he's he's like a he's a diet John Doe from like seven. Mm, yeah, he, he wants yeah. to. Uh, he's he's already killed two other people. One of them what was one of them was um, like There's insider a, training. Yeah, one one was doing insider training. The other one was a German pornography king. Yeah, who was uh, basically a pedophile. Yeah, so he's like kind of this self-righteous um, killer and he, he he wants to get Colin Farrell to confess that he wants to have an affair that he's not being faithful to his wife uh, but also he just really wants to mess with everyone yeah he really wants to see Colin Farrell get shot that's his he's, real goal he keeps saying ah, if you say if you, if you tell them this I'll let you go and then Kiefer's like, okay, I said it. What do you want me to do now? And then Kiefer's like, haha, I'm lying to you. Haha, oh, I'm crazy. Ooh, 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 ooh. And Kiefer's like, damn it, it didn't work. 
I'm still stuck in this phone booth. Yeah, yeah. basically, Kiefer is the Joker in this movie. You know, he's he's just he he even says a Joker line. Which one's that one? He's like, uh, you know, uh, if one person dies in all of New York City, who cares? Mm, but you leave yeah. one little dead body in the middle, in the middle of, of a road. And suddenly, the police are everywhere. It's like, you know. Okay, just Joker. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, basically, he just wants to cause a bunch of chaos and yeah, kind of just get get the get get the cops to shoot Colin Farrell so that mm-hmm. he's not, you know, no one traces it back to him. And also so that it's uh, just it's 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 more of a message that way. Yeah. I think you know. It's not about killing Colin Farrell with your own sniper rifle. It's about getting yeah, the cops to do it instead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What do you think of this movie, Zach? God, I don't know. <laughs> it was you no. Know, it was good. Yeah. It yeah. Was it good. was. It was good it was overall. Good. It was like, fine. Closer to fine than good for me. Um. For me, like, the first 20 minutes of this movie sucked. Yep. Um, especially with all the sec- the parts with the sex workers. Yeah, no, this movie really does not like sex workers. No, at not all. at all. Because, like, once he, the, at the beginning when he's trapped, um, it's right next to, like, where a bunch of sex workers are, and they're trying to get in, and, yeah. And so then deal. they get... They get annoyed, and then you get a whole bunch of. <sighs> she's funny because she's a black woman who's over exaggerating everything. Character very funny. Just, just you know, exactly what I needed. Um, yeah, it's in my tense thriller about. <laughs> Whatever voice that you have in your head for what you think this sounds like is exactly that. Yeah, yeah, and then you know she gets some of her buddies, and then they get this guy named Leon. I mean Leon's. <laughs> Leon's okay. pretty good. <laughs> He's like, hey, dude, could you like, uh, get out on. of the booth? And then Kiefer's like, whoopsie daisy, and he shoots Leon in the chest. And then, but then, you know, once once sex workers leave. Yeah. Movie gets well, then ev- a lot more tolerable. And then Forrest Whitaker shows up. And yeah. You're like, ah, thank God. My man. <laughs> Somebody else. Who's actually, you know, here for this movie. Anyway. Yeah. It's a weird cast, you know? Yeah. Like Forrest yeah. Whitaker, Colin Farrell, and Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. And Katie Holmes. Oh, yeah. So Rachel. this is Batman. <gasps> Rachel. Where's Rachel? But like the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this movie was, was it was good overall. There was yeah. a, bunch, you know, a bunch of stupid stuff. But like it's, it's fine. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, I think. I kind of wish. I don't know. I feel like making it a moral thing mm-hmm. wasn't the greatest execution. Because it means eh, I just I don't, know. I don't care about Colin Farrell for most of the yeah. movie. I'm just like just shoot him. He's just the worst. Just yeah. Just shoot. I mean, you know, he kind of he rede- he redeems himself. You know when. He gets a couple of monologues out, but uh, mm-hmm. outside of that, it's just kind of like, oh. And, oh, man, sorry, one thing that uh, really my gears 
got freaking ground. Um, Kiefer Sutherland's rifles, mm. uh, the dot. Yeah, that dot. It looks so bad. Me and me and Dante just like erupted in laughter every time we had to look at this laser dot because it's the worst. Yeah, thing. it's just it's just red dot dot JPEG. Yeah, just Ugh. dragged around. Yeah, it's it's not good. And can we talk about the music? What do you think of the music? Okay, it, I don't. I mean, it was a bold choice. I don't remember the music beyond the f- the opening sequence with the uh, Lord, give me some information. <sighs> that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good sequence. And then, like the after that, the generic. This is the year two thousand and three. I hope you remember. This is the year two thousand and three. Did we mention this is an well, early two thousands movie? Because it's, it's the year two thousand two. Oh yeah, pardon me. It's one source I've looked at for this movie says two thousand three. It came Amazon. out in the U.S. in the in two thousand three. Uh, why would there be a different? Uh, anyway, anyway, I <laughs> yeah, but it's very, you know, techno. Yeah. Well, it's very. The thing is, it's just a bunch of like phone sounds made into crappy techno. Yeah, and you know what? I respect that. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it. It's more stylistic than a lot of things in the movie. Yeah. I do think, I don't know, I think this should have been, shouldn't have been a feature. It should have been a short. Like, this could have mm. been 20 minutes. Honestly, I didn't have a problem with the length. Okay. I mean, most of my problems do come from the narrative, trying to stretch out a narrative that long. Mm-hmm. But, like, entertainment-wise... I, like, I paused the movie once and I was like, holy crap, we're halfway through. Like, this That's is... Fair. You know, as much as nothing is happening in this movie, I'm not... It it never really dragged at yeah. any points for me, which is probably the biggest sin that, that a mediocre movie can have, mm-hmm. is that it it just gets stuck and you're like, oh my goodness, keep moving. Why am yeah. I watching this? I never really thought that during this movie. Outside of the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, okay. It's, yeah, even you know, though nothing really happened, something's always kind of happening. Yeah, Kiefer's always being really goofy <laughs> at some As, point or another. I see Kiefer's what makes it. I would say he, yeah, because you know, you're always hearing his voice. You don't see his, you don't see his face till the very, very end. The very, very end. Um, but you know, you're always hearing him. And I'm, they could have, they could have like put like some crappy like filter on it to make him sound like he's actually talking through a phone booth. And they didn't, and I'm very glad they didn't, because that would have yeah. been very old very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, he's... Kiefer's pretty good. I like... He's, uh, he's out there. Yeah. I like... Oh, he has a couple of lines. I mean, my biggest issues with Kiefer's performance are more from, like, editing slash directing sides mm-hmm. of things, where he'll, like, go on... Like, he'll he'll do something a bit... It's a bit hammy. You know, he's a bit melodramatic. Yeah. To, like, you know, show just how crazy he is. But the movie doesn't give it enough time to land. No. It's just like, oh, I guess he's done being he's done being kooky now. Now we can go back to regular, regular serial killer. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I agree with you on the fact that he is, he is diet. He's diet the serial killer from, uh, from seven. Yeah, diet John Doe. John Doe. Is that like, a, 
did his is the character actually named John Doe, or is that yep. just the only thing that they refer to him? Well, as? I think he's actually. I I'm, I'm pretty sure his up. name is. He's only ever referred to as John Doe. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm just not sure if it's like a. Anyways, phone booth. Um, I but I think my main problem with Kiefer as a character is like. As we like through most of the movie, it feels like he's kind of just self righteous person, but also towards the end, it kind of just feels like he's just I don't know, he's just doing it for the heck of it. Yeah, he doesn't seem to really care, and I think I, that kind of just lets it down a bit. It would have been way better if there had been a grudge. Yeah, or something, you know, like like uh, if it was somehow like his intern or something. Yeah, or I was thinking, you know, if it had something to do with uh, Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Just anything. I, I uh, love the part in the movie when Kiefer Sutherland tells Colin Farrell, he's like, hey, t- tell Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're going to tell him that uh, <laughs> it's funny because he's not with his wife anymore. Colin Farrell's like, do I really have to do that? <laughs> and Kiefer Sutherland's like, yes, sir, I'll kill you. It's like... <sighs> anyway yeah it's just kind of it's, that's kind of like points to like the whole thing of like it's he's trying to be this self-righteous person but also he's just kind of like doesn't care yeah there's and like parts where it again, he's like, a serial killer and obviously he's you know but it's like it's just not interesting yeah it feels like sometimes it feels like Kiefer Sutherland is um a it, it's almost like he's he's prank calling Colin Farrell. He's like, okay, okay, say uh, <laughs> say fart butt. Hey, uh, is there a, is there a Seymour butts here? <laughs> Turns out it was Bart Simpson the whole time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you don't see his face for the entire movie, so it could just be like a grown up Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson grows up to be keeper something. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland was Bart Simpson. I could see that. Yeah. Can Man. we talk about did this movie have narration at the beginning? Yeah. It did, and it was really pointless. Yeah. Cause it was just like, I mean, you can kind of explain it in two thousand and three, but also by the way they're making, because the, the the whole narration is basically to say one line, but it takes like five minutes. It's just like cell phones are ubiquitous. Yeah, that's yeah, all the they really using a payphone, and like it's two thousand two, and I mean obviously in the year twenty twenty, so a payphones are you know they they're gone, but like yeah. they make a point to be like this is this this antiquated old phone booth is being replaced by a phone kiosk and that doesn't that has nothing it's like there's a thing in screenwriting where you or i guess in any this is gonna god it's gonna sound very pretentious and very like oh i'm a film student i know more than people but like so there's a thing where basically you have to establish okay why why this person and why today and like i guess that's a reason of why today but i don't care about the character of the phone booth the phone booth is it's a, the movie is as much about the phone booth itself, okay? As the tension rackets, the phone booth gets more and more injured, putting more and more pressure on the viewer to stop watching the film. I don't know. I'm no, just... that is, you're this good. Can you write some of my essays for me? That's smart. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student. I know how to do basic analysis. 
You're a dippy dies movie boy. Thank okay, you. let's. I'm glad I'm dippy dies. You um, got any more thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I, I got a couple. Okay, um, my mommy. Again, about that opening sequence. Yep. Almost everybody in it is like. Almost everybody in it's black. It's kind of weird. I mean, not like. I, it, it just kind of felt like, oh, this movie's urban, you know, because I got the yeah. techno music on in the background and they're like cell phones. There's like guys doing like break dancing and stuff. And I'm like, ah. New York, baby. New York. Ooh, hey, also. Forget about it. Also, the, one of my, the best line in the entire movie. When Colin Farrell's like doing one of his monologues, and he's like, "And I'm still from the Bronx." Yep. <laughs> or whatever. He had such a weird accent in this movie. Yeah. Go it's go like... to Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs> go to Mets. <laughs> There's also a line where I think this this beginning when he's saying when he's like being his PR self, you know. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, Donnie G's not a magician. He's an artist. And I, I felt that. Yeah. It was, Is this uh, movie Kiefer? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, the, the restaurant owner. The uh, restaurant owner. When they're walking around. When he's walking around with his intern. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that guy comes out. He's like, hey, you stop paying the bills. Hey. hey. Stop coming here. And then he's, you know, does the, I'm a quick talking sleazy guy thing where he makes a deal basically and you're like ooh wow good job if any of you ever seen the movie The Sweet Smell of Success this movie is that but immeasurably worse another problem I had with this movie the who on earth was the freaking the the police officer oh oh, yeah. yeah who shows up and he's just like, cause, cause, cause Forrest Whitaker's like the the captain, and he's like, hey, yeah, Claude Furrow, everything's okay. And this other guy's like, no, you're doing it wrong. You're off the case. But he never actually has any power. Like he no. never does anything other than yelling in the movie. So after a point, he's just annoying. A lot I of this he's... movie's just annoying. Yeah, I think he's like the negotiator or something. But yeah, I think he, he might be like an he... FBI negotiator or something. Doesn't like that. negotiate anything. Yeah. But it, but the movie, it's never, never made me really want to stop watching. You know, yeah, it was never super egregious. It was just like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, like this is probably one of the better movies we've watched. But also, oh yeah, I watched it last. I, it's I'm also I mean, just done with Joel Schumacher's crap. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. You know what? This movie is is I just thought of something that is disgusting in this movie. Okay, um, lie on me. The, whenever anybody's talking on a cell phone and it, it just has like a miniature like Oh, the picture in picture. Yes. Oh my goodness. In, and it's 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 done so badly. It's like it's so just hokey. It's so tiny. You're just like There's... what is like I guess it's kinda like, oh, you get it? Cell phones have tiny screens, bro. <laughs> you can't even do video like... on these ones. Do they do little crap? They the editing is so bad. Like there's like definitely just mm-hmm. one, like they just where there's like it's three so pictures kind of so swirling around it's, at once. Yeah, they'll just cut at, just for no reason. Just like such blatant, just nasty cuts. Oh, it, it was bad. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. 
No problem. The yeah. Picture. Yeah. See, this movie does a lot of weird things. Like the beginning, like it, it, it. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Um, the like the opening scene of like. It goes from like the satellite to the microchip to <laughs> to New the York, really then... bad 3D satellite. <laughs> and like, like here's the thing: if that was head credits, sure, but like mm. it wasn't, so there was no point to that except to fill time. Yeah, and then they do it at the end, and it's still nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know every stanza, you know, kind of rhymes with the last. Yeah. I... Is this movie key for the like? I don't know. <laughs> this is a movie that makes me question what 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 do we what what do we classify a Kiefer? Yeah, because I think there's definitely been worse movies than this that we've called Kiefer's. By far, but also this is a movie I'm never gonna watch again, and I'm never gonna like say like, oh no, that's okay. you should you should watch that. Like, no, it's it's not that this is a movie for me at least. This isn't. Like I'm probably not gonna watch a lot. The only movies yeah. that I can see myself rewatching that I've seen on this podcast are Lost Boys, yeah, Dark City, yeah. That those are the only two that I'd I. See, I kind of want to watch Brotherhood of Justice again in like a few years. Okay, you know just what? For the, just because just just I man. love you, that's it. That's really it. Just because you're my friend, like that but like i just i just need to hear them say the brotherhood again that's really it brotherhood that's true okay but uh yeah i'm gonna say it's not a keeper i think i'm gonna have to agree with you like again just just barely i think it's just because joel schumacher just pisses me off yeah just as a human just as a director this one joel like (laughs) uh Uh. and then also, the freaking the guy who wrote this movie, yeah. Go look if you go look at his Wikipedia. Oh, you just boy. like there's it's just it's entirely B movie schlock. Like it's just there's a B. Oh 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 maniac. Yeah, the maniac cop Jaden. Yeah, maniac cop three. Two and three. Yeah, this guy. One, two, and three. Yeah, all three of them. Robert Zadar. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's a, anyway. That's a Neil Cicerega reference for all you folks. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. <laughs> Are we moving on to fly keywords? Uh, no, I wanted to say one more thing. Okay. Again, just, I think the thing, one thing that, that finally did it for me was the, was just that the key for Sutherland's, like, it, it feels like it's trying to say something. Yeah, but it's not just like every other Joel Schumacher movie, yep. ex- except for yep. Lost Boys. Even then, yeah, that's... it's just it's like, what are you doing, Joel? Like, what, what are you, buddy? What what's going on in that head of yours? Come on. Hmm? Okay. Plot keywords. So this is everyone's favorite segment on this and really any podcast. Um, yeah. IMDb is... plot keywords. Okay, so. I'm just going to lay some of my, a few choice ones down. Okay. Hitchcockian. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. One of two found this relevant. Um, wow. Reference to Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yep. There, I can confirm that does happen in the film. Uh, title spoken by character. Yep. Quite a few times. 
Yeah, that doesn't really count. Alone Against the Odds. Uh-huh. And our final one of the day is... Ripped Pantyhose. This has oh. been IMDb Plot Keywords. Yeah. Let's move on to reviews. Yeah, well... Yeah, okay. Reviews you can I've got use. one. Yeah. One star. Yes. Stay away for RM this movie. <coughs> okay, I can't sustain that one. <coughs> you tried, and really no one can blame me. Anyway, the rest of the movie, the review is not in all caps like the title is. So, uh, this whole movie was so stupid. The whole time through the movie, he was standing in the phone booth. That was so stupid. When I went to go get the movie, I thought the movie was going to be good and went and watched it. it. Watched it was very disappointing with disappointed with the movie. I would never, and I mean never, watch this movie again. I don't get the whole point of the movie. Expect that he stays in the phone booth through the whole I thing. He, I think you do get it. it. There's not much more to it, my dude. If I was you, stay away and don't go and see it. Because it, it's really stupid. Thank you. That's from uh, Reviewed in Canada on October 22nd, 2003. I don't know. Fellow, fellow Canadian. Yeah. You got, you got any more? Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to do, I'll switch over to the, I'm seeing some good one stars, but I think we're going to have to switch over to the five star just to get the. Okay. uh, I got a, I got a good five star right here. Oh, yeah? Five star. Good movie. The killer may be the Zodiac. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I've got one. The phone rings. Colin Farrell picks it up. Big mistake. Hang on to your seats, folks. See, these are the kind of reviews that I... Wait, does that it I... actually say that? Uh, which one? Does it actually say hang on to your seats, folks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's Hell the start of the review. Yeah, That's man. how I know this is the kind of review because... Uh, anyway, slip this 2002 film into your DVD player and you're in for a ride of a lifetime. Keep in mind this review is from 2003. <laughs> it kept me totally involved with my eyes glued to the screen for every one of its 88 minutes, which seemed to fly by in an instant. Funny thing is that it, this is a simple film with basically only one scene and a few, just a few excellent actors. I loved it. Very much not a one scene movie. Go on. Yeah. You're thinking of one setting. Even that's not true. Yeah. Colin Farrell is cast as a fast talking publicist who we first meet on the streets of New York doing elaborate deals and telling lies into his cell phone. He's full of eagle and ego, not eagle. That was my fault. Sorry, he's folks. He's full of eagles. He's full of ego. God bless America. And thinks he's on top of the world. However, every day at the same time, he stops into a phone booth to call a young antr- actress who he is romancing. She doesn't know he's married, and he doesn't tell her. When he's ready to leave the booth, the phone rings. He picks it up. Big mistake. <laughs> Now we hear the voice of a sniper who's in one of the buildings near the booth. He wants the publicist to confess his infidelities to his wife and girlfriend and threatens to kill him if he doesn't follow instructions. 
What follows is an intense drama in which the tension never lets up. The screenplay by Larry Cohen is tightly conceived, and there isn't a wasted word or superfluous character. And Colin Farrell shines in his role, which has to be an actor's dream. I love, yes, I love the idea of standing around in a phone booth. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland is cast as the caller, and Forrest Whitaker, Forrest... No, pardon me. Forced Whitaker as the cop who is in charge of the police action on the scene. Rada Mitchell is cast as the wife. Katie Holmes is the girlfriend. And one of the best scenes in the film is when a trio of hookers demand to use the phone booth. All the yeah. acting is excellent. Yeah, this is this this sounds exactly right for this person. And the New York City atmosphere is definitely authentic. Shut I can't up. say enough good things about this film it even has a moral to it highly recommended does he does he say what the moral is no he doesn't what's say the, what it is what's i think the, the moral is highly recommended <laughs> i didn't i mean uh don't 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 be fooling around don't covet your neighbor's wife yeah okay i'm gonna go for I have, uh i have some hold on i have an update on uh an imdb plot keyword Okay. So, you remember Hitchcockian? Yes. Apparently, a thriller set in the phone booth was pitched to Alfred Hitchcock back in the 1960s. So, now you know. And knowing is half the growing. Wow. Okay. I got I got another uh, one star. <sighs> this comes to us from Jerry Skate. One star review. A phone call to my grandmother is more entertaining. Only watch this movie if you are. A. Someone who wishes the phone calls and scream were 88 minutes long. B. Tied up as a hostage and given the choice to watch this or Giggly. Is it Giggly or is it Jiggly? Which is the, oh, uh, you know is that the, the one. The is that ben... the one with, um, uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of his ben name? Ben Affleck? No. No? I'm thinking, who am I thinking? I'm thinking of uh, Pulp Fiction, what's his name? Oh, you're thinking of John Travolta. Yes. Is no. That? No. You, that's, this is, this is, I was thinking of the right thing. It does have Ben Affleck in it. What Known I to be one of, of the, the worst movies of all time. Um. I'm thinking of Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> they both have frankly similar names. Okay. All right. And, you know, Ben Affleck and John Travolta are white men with black hair and God, slick back. Looking at pictures of John Travolta, he is. He really looks like that. Anyway. Um. <laughs> C. A girl with a crush. On Colin Farrell. D. In a mental hospital. Ugh. Honestly, why would you want to watch someone talk on a phone for 88 minutes? Phone booth is like they turned one of those phone calls from Scream into an entire movie. You already said that. Thrilling? No. In quotation marks. Exciting? Nope. In quotation marks. Suspenseful? No again. Pointless? Bingo! 
Come on. Do you really want to watch a movie about some guy who talks in an annoying voice and wants to kill, of all people, a publicist? First of all, you take that back. Kiefer Sutherland's voice is only grating sometimes. Yeah. It's in... it only in Dark City. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Wants to kill, of all people, a publicist because he has to pay for his sins. His sins being cheating and lying to his wife. Give me a break. Do yourself a favor and make a psychotic crank call to one of your friends instead of listening to the boring one that is phone booth. Thank you, Jerry Skate. That is... That was a lot. That's a lot. He needs to, like, settle down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's... Yeah. That's phone booth. That's now you know the discourse. Uh, Wait, I mean, actually, I'm gonna see if I can find a. I want to see if there's a, a really short three star one. But it doesn't. There's a really like... short one, but I can link you one, and you can just read. There's there's some good ones. There's some good okay. like little bits in this one. This one's pretty good. This is where I got the Hitchcock info. So. Okay. <coughs> this guy is getting on my nerves. Oh, this guy's in the top 1,000 reviewer. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I want to make fun of this guy. You know, we gave him three stars. Anyway. Um, He's making some good points. You don't have to uh, make fun of him. Yeah, it's true. According to IMDb, a thriller set in a phone booth was first pitched to Alfred Hitchcock back in the 1960s. You know, back when phone booths weren't an antique technological curiosity. And really, it's a tragedy that Hitchcock didn't get to make this movie because he would have wrung a brilliantly shot, suspenseful story out of the out of the simple concept. I'm sorry I changed my voice. And said, <laughs> the people of 2002 of this great city, of this great <laughs> nation, a frenetic screaming mess directed by Joel Schumacher, although Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland give glorious performances. Are you Richard Nixon now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did you go I was doing something else? to Richard Nixon? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I just... What? God, okay. I got a mug to do my... God. Okay. Oh, I'm holding. That's what you make me do, Jaden. Yeah? Well, I'm not a crook, Batman. Oh! <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Um. I'm proud of myself. Stu Shepard is a sleek, slick. Don't use those two words next to each other, buddy. He's sleek. He's sl- oh, this is a long. <laughs> it is PR executive with a silver tongue. Despite being mar- married to the beautiful Kelly, he secretly uses the last phone booth in New the last phone booth in New York <laughs> to arrange meetings with a young starlet whom he hopes to seduce. Actually, fun fact, um, you know, in 2011, mm-hmm. when Hurricane Sandy hit New York, yeah. People just lined the heck up in front of all the remaining phone booths because those lines weren't down because they're mm. in the ground, whereas all the cell lines were taken down by the hurricane. You hear that, kids? You better learn to use a phone, you dang kids. It was also because nobody... Get off your smartphone. It was also because nobody owned a, a home phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's New York. You can barely afford to... To breathe. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I got him. Got him. Right. I, I know. Ah. We, we know things. Okay. Bada bing, bada boom. But after his call, the phone rings, and a mysterious caller, Sutherland, reveals that he knows all about Stu's ugly little secrets. What more? He has a sniper rifle and has already killed a pedophile pornographer <laughs> and a company insider for refusing to play his game. <laughs> this, this is quite the writing style. And now he's demanding that Stu call his wife and confess the plans he had made. Um, unfortunately... Oh yeah, Phone Booth is a movie simple is a movie with a simple concept. A man trapped in a phone booth, forced to admit all his sins and flaws by a devious murderer. The entire story revolves around what happens in the phone booth, and the entirety of New York seems to shrink down around that little glass and metal box. Nothing much happens outside it. Unfortunately, this is directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Get who em. does not know how to direct suspense. <laughs> Instead of building up a sense of claustrophobic terror and helplessness, he pelts us with screeching prostitutes, near hysterical cops, and a lot of idiots just standing by doing nothing. It's as if he thinks the frantic frenetic tone will scare us, and he and it doesn't. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Yep. Once again, this person should be doing our, should be doing the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, the scariest parts of the movie are also the quietest. The moments Sorry, that was the quietest. The moments where it's just the caller taunting Stu and Stu desperately trying to find a way out of this mess without anyone dying. But the two main actors are simply superb. Despite a rather dodgy accent, Farrell's performance is a brilliant slow-motion picture of a man's polished, fast-talking exterior crumbling and peeling away until he's forced to confront every ugly facet of himself. And Sutherland who is barely ever more than a voice, is a gloriously ominous mm. presence with a deep, rich voice that mm. laughs and snarls through all of Stu's good. pain. The moment when he pretends to be racked with childhood angst is both funny and terrifying. Forrest Whitaker also has a nice smaller role as a police chief who manages to work out that something weird is going on with Stu. <laughs> Phone Booth is a directorial disaster, but it is saved somewhat by a truly amazing pair of central performances and one of them barely even appears on screen. Worthy of a look, but only for Farrell and Sutherland. Just going to give that one a uh, helpful. That's a, uh, yep. Uh, thank you so much. Okay, let's move on to news. News. So, there's no bam, bam, key for bam, news this bam, week, bam, bam, which bam. you know what that means. We got Quibi news. Quibi. Oh, Quibi? Oh, boy. Quibi. Okay, yeah, it's Quibi. So, Quibi orders Florida Man anthology comedy series from Blue Mountain State writers. Oh. Yep. Uh, turn you... back the clocks. It is 2014, apparently. Yeah. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Florida Man, basically, um, so Florida has, I mean, it's Florida, first of all, and that's hilarious. Um, but Florida has, actually, I'm sorry. Florida. You're great. We have one listener. We've on one listen from Florida. I want to make. I want to keep that up. So, um, Florida has very has, um, unique laws in terms of uh, reporting of police incidents. So basically, anyone who is arrested, um, it's public record, and uh, people have found that releasing um, the headlines such as "Florida Man." Um, What's a good Florida here? Let's. There's one's Twitter. in the article itself. So it says okay. whether it is Florida man a charged with assault with deadly, deadly weapon for throwing alligator through Wendy's drive-through window, <laughs> That's pretty good. or 
Florida man with do not resuscitate tattoo creates ethical dilemma for hospital staff. Yeah, so basically it's like it's, it's a funny the, headline. The joke is that is that whoa, that's crazy. Um well, the joke is that it's it's like a superhero named Florida man. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, just the world's worst superhero, but it just kind of ends up being just laughing at at poor people for yeah, their lives like, falling apart around them. Half the stories are like are like made up. It's become kind of like a cottage industry now. Mm, yes. Um if you're familiar with the podcast Cox and Crenor in the Morning, um, they literally pitched this show, like, back I think in 2014 on that podcast. So, if wow. they don't get royalties, well, that makes sense. That's not how any. That's of not how works, that works. But, but uh, you know, you know. Anyway, uh, but yeah, basically, Quibi, Quibi, <laughs> <coughs> they're doing a show. Yeah, they're doing a show about Florida man. Um, look forward to that, or it's, don't. Uh... I don't really. Apparently, the writers wrote for this for Blue Mountain State. I, I don't know what that is. Don't really know what that is, nor do I. Honestly. I'm looking it up. I'm doing the. Oh, the the rise it, of Thadland. I don't. Oh, that sounds not good. Okay, Blue Mountain State is a is a sitcom oh. about a fictional university and the football team. Uh, Jaden, the yeah. quarterback is named Thad. Well, no, the linebacker's Thad. The quarterback's name well, is Alex. In, well, in Blue Mountain State, The Rise of Thadland, which is the movie of it, because there's a oh. movie of it, quarterback Thad is faced with the pressures of becoming a professional NFL player. Okay, wow. Oh, my goodness. So. Yeah, if you, look at the, if you look at the TV show page for it, it's got... Um, like the position, this shows. Okay, anyway, it does. This is so dumb. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's Quibi news. Uh, just just to just to give you a picture of the idea of what kind of a show this Blue Mountain State show is, um, premiered on Spike. So... And that is um that is that I look forward to not watching this show. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say yeah because I want to have. Uh, Quibi, but then I remembered I have to buy it to watch The Fugitive. I still don't know if you have to pay for it or not. They're really... That, we're the oh, only man. people on Earth who care. I'm... I'm gonna... Jen, I'm sorry. I'm gonna... Yeah. I'm gonna take responsibility for this for myself. You don't yeah. deserve this. Yeah. I am the only person on this planet who cares this much about Quibi. Yeah. And wow. I don't know at this point. <laughs> Get your marketing together. Yeah. What movie are we watching? Okay. I've Tell decided. Me it's Blue Mountain, please. That Kiefer Sutherland is not in that movie. But I've decided it has been long enough. We've been watching too many real movies. Oh, God. Okay, no. We, we have a choice between one real movie and a non real movie. Okay, so which one do you want to hear first? I want to hear the real movie. Melancholia by Lars von Trier. Oh, that sounds like just that sounds. Okay. Same guy who did uh, is it Nymphomaniac? Nymphomania? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lars von Trier, that's, I know the name. Yeah, this looks very artsy. I mean, it's got, here's the thing though. To me, yep. I'm going to watch it because I'm going to probably enjoy watching it. 
because it's got uh, oh goodness, um, Kristen Dunst in it. Ooh, it and, oh, it's got John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got Alex Skarsgård and Stellan Skarsgård. So this is, uh, it won the Bodil Award for Best Danish Film. Nice. Anyway, so. yeah. So, okay. What's what's the other? <sighs> I gotta pull up the full title here. Oh God. So I was I decided uh, I was gonna look on YouTube to find as many Kiefer films as I could and put them in a playlist so we would stop. S- okay. Smart. Smart. Um, and so I've got a bunch of them on there. The one I'm offering up to you today okay. oh, God. is called Dragonlance, Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Oh, I have I heard of this? It's based on the Dragonlance what? campaign setting from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> which Sorry, what's the full name? Um <laughs> Dragonlance? Yes. Dragons of Autumn Twilight. You can't have Dragon <laughs> twice in the name. I won't allow. <laughs> Oh, uh, is it animated? It's animated, yeah. Oh, my. We haven't done an animated. Oh, this looks. Oh, yeah. This is a oh This is a very bad movie. How this long is... is That's 90 minutes. Yeah. Oh. Your move, kid. <laughs> uh, I have to choose between. Okay, you know what? This Melancholia is two hours and 16 minutes. We're watching the dragon's. Dungeons, I. <sighs> Great, I'm excited. Watching this... Dragonlance, Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Okay. Yeah, it's based on the. Um, I don't. The Dragonlance campaign setting. Oh my! This is going to. The only reason why me. I mention it is because it. Um, it the the only time that Dragonlance was really popular was in the late '80s and in Good. the early '90s. And this movie came out in January 15th, 2008. Yep. Uh, I've heard a lot of people describe it as uh, a tasteless attempt to cash in on nostalgia for the animated show. The yep. Dungeons and Dragons one. Oh, God. Is it? Oh, no. What? <laughs> Was it the animated show really, really bad? Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kiefer was in 24 at this time. Yeah. Did it? Was his lifestyle that expensive? This is a passion project. How dare you say these words to me? This is a, he liked, he, I don't know. Maybe him and Robert Downey Jr. played Dungeons (laughs) and Dragons. The former roommate of Robert Downey Jr., as we all know. Yeah. I, Jen, you have played Dungeons and Dragons before. Yeah. I have played Dungeons and Dragons before. Yeah. I can, we can both definitively say, without any knowledge, that this is going to be atrocious. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to play Dungeons and Dragons to know that. We've also only played, you know, Five E, which I could talk for a while. But and we are, and um, so thanks to Kaya. I really hate talking about Dungeons and Dragons immensely. Oh, I know, um, so I know you. Do. Thanks to Kaya for our I do too. wonderful podcast art. You can go find all the links to where you can find her other work in the description of this podcast. Thanks to Kevin McLeod. Just in general, man. This one's for you, Kevin. Um, but more specifically, Woo. for Sax Rock and Roll, our theme music. Um, 
the Instagram. We've been saying it. It is it's back. back. It's back, baby. Go follow us at He's the Key for Pod on Instagram or whatever it is. It's in the description. You're gonna click the link. You're not gonna go based on what I tell you. You're not frightening yeah. this town. What are you? Grow up. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, yeah, at HAK Pod. Once again, in the description. For watching Dragon, Dragon Lance, Dragon Dragons Tales, of Autumn Dragons, Dragons, Dragons. Okay, petition that we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a LARP. We got a LARP. We got to get our costumes out, and we gotta we gotta talk in a stupid dialect for. Jaden for twenty minutes. My man, Jaden. Yeah. This is an audio medium. First of all. Yeah. Second oh, guess... of all, we are in two different provinces. Yeah. We can't LARP. <laughs> it would just be role playing, which I am fine with. Nice. As long as you do no not shame. anyway get me to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, I will yeah. be upset. That's fair. Okay. Um I've been your host, Jaden Cron. I've been your host, Zachary LaDuke. And this has this been, has been... He's a keeper. keeper. A little, a little something we like to call he's a keeper. This <laughs> was something special. Ladies and gentlemen, this is he's a keeper. Tell me. That's pretty close. That's a pretty good Tony number. We should probably start referring to him by his actual yeah, name. Yeah, it's Carlos something. I can never remember. Okay. Carla. God, I love Tony Almeida. I love Tony Almeida. Oh my God, was he, he Jaden? What? He was. Did, have you ever heard of the Inspectors? Maybe. So, <laughs> this is. This is a crime procedural, centering on the criminal investigations of U.S. postal inspectors. Oh. It was the only show on commercial television paid for by a U.S. government agency with its funding coming from the United States Postal Service Asset Forfeiture and Consumer Fraud Awareness Funds. Wow. And he it was lasted a hundred and... Propaganda for the mail police. That's... You know what? That's fine. Postal service is cool. Character. Postal inspect. Postal service. Shelf got to syndication. Yeah. Who? What? They got 104 half-hour episodes. You know who was replaced by? Who? Mission Unstoppable, a new series hosted by Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of. <laughs>